for just about everything for the outdoors, go to MidwayUSA.com. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. All right, I am blue. You are bright and shiny in my mind. You got me loving, hating, crazy indecision in my mind. Welcome to the Fall Podcast, where the focus is on deer hunting, tips, tricks, tactics, and stories from across the Midwest. And now, here is your host, Aaron Blasey. Hey guys, welcome to the Fall Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Blasey, and this is episode number 80. And on today's episode, I am wrapping up the three-part series with Chuck Weldon, and we're going to be talking about scent control and a lot about wind and wind thermals. So, this one's a really cool one. There's a lot more to go into it other than scent control and wind, but that's kind of the topics, the main topics that we hit for this episode. So I hope you guys enjoy it. If you're listening to this right now, Casey and I are on our way to Kansas to uh, kick off the season. The season starts on the 16th of September, and uh, we're pretty excited. It's going to be really warm, but we're going down to the Kansas lease, and uh, we got to do some work on it. We actually picked up a new lease this year, so... We might get in the stand and go after Shakes or Bob Marley, so we'll see. But I'm going to keep you guys updated on that as well as we go along. But uh, as for today, we're going to wrap up the three-part series with Chuck, like I said. So I'm going to keep this short and sweet, but don't forget, go to KieferBros.com, click on the links, and use the exclusive promo codes. For any of the partners, any of the products that we use, there's probably a code out there. So go to the Kiefer Bros website, use those codes, and... Uh, yeah, hopefully you guys enjoy the products just as much as we do. So with that being said, I'm going to jump on here with Chuck, and we're going to wrap up this three-part series. So thanks for listening, and hope you guys enjoy this. I am natural. One of the big things out there, good, bad, indifferent, whatever, is scent control. And I know you've got a pretty intensive scent control regimen and a way you do things, you know, so I, I, I want to ask you about your scent control regimen and, and how you go about it. And 
basically what I'm looking for is like, you know, your, your technique kind of, you know, do you spray down? Do you use activated carbon? Do you use knee high boots? Do you use leather boots that you, you know, you lace up? Like what is it and what's your take on scent control in general? Well, first, first and foremost, I, I'm, I'm a firm believer in scent control. I will say this. I don't, I don't care if you're in a bubble. You still got to play the wind. Absolutely have to play the wind. There's, there's nothing on the market um, that will 100% completely save your butt from the wind. And, and second of all, if I'm being completely honest, from September 15th through about mid-November, I am a stickler when it comes to, you know, scent control. By the end of November, I'm burnt out and my give a damn starts to bust a little bit. But I'm, I wear activated carbon, scent lock. Uh, I, I'm a firm believer in scent lock. And I, Wildlife Research Center products is, is what we use at Whitetail Fix. And I'm a firm believer in that. So I probably, the first half of the season, um, my, my clothes spend as much time in the washing machine and the dryer um, as they do on my back. Um, but I'm uh, I'm big advocate of, of storing, you know, and it doesn't have to be, you don't have to go spend a ton of money on on ozone bags and, and, and things like that. I'm not going to say that those don't work. Um, I've had success with, with ozone products uh, and, 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 and I do believe in them, but you don't have to go, you know, you don't have to go spend a bunch of money on that, but I'm a firm believer of, of having a sterile or, you know, scent free tote, whether it's a plastic tote that you buy at Walmart and you know, you spray it down, leave it set outside, get that smell off of it, you know, getting dressed at the truck and don't use a garbage bag. <laughs> yeah. Don't use Cause they've got Febreze in them now and they've got exactly. all these different kind of scents. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but, uh, you know, like I said, and and, and I'm I'm just being honest. It, it, when in, you know, I'm talking to you as, as Hunter Chuck, and not you know somebody representing a a, a, a company. Um, the first half of the season, I'm a stickler about it. You know, I wear I wear a pair of Crocs and 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 shorts uh, and a T-shirt to the to the stand or to the truck or excuse me to the field. I get out of the truck, grab my stuff out of my tote. I get dressed right there on the tailgate. I walk in. By the by, the end of the season, if I'm having a grind like I have here lately, or when it gets cold, I'm a I'm a I'm a cold natured fella. So when it gets <laughs> cold, when it gets cold, and if I'm going on a morning hunt, I'm not walking out in my skivvies. You know, I'm walk. I may not put everything on. I'm not going to lie, but um, but I, I'm a I'm a firm believer uh, in scent control, and you know, and 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 every hunter. Every hunter that's that, that that is a firm believer in scent control has had the argument at some point in time that somebody has said, "Well, by God, I you know I sit down against a tree and I sit there and I smoke my cigarettes and I kill a big deer every year." Well, you know, are you a gun hunter? Or are you a bow hunter? Um, is your you know, big deer the, the same as my big deer? Exactly. <laughs> what's you know what's I mean? Hell, anybody can do that. I mean. If, if 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 you're hunting the south, if you're hunting the south wind, and 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 the deer are, are, are going to come from the south, and and you can set up in the tree and fry damn bacon if you want to. It's not going to matter, you know, mm-hmm. because you know. But you know, there's a lot of places that I hunt, and 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 I've gotten extremely ballsy when I hunted splits 
I got extremely ballsy um, with the wind. And sometimes it, you know, sometimes it bit me, sometimes it didn't. But um, but I had enough faith in, in my scent control system, not only from, from, you know, the shower. I mean, obviously, you don't want to go to the local – uh, the local beer joint, you know, where they're, you know, they're grilling hamburgers, uh, they're frying fries and, you know, Edith is sitting down there, you know, playing Keno, you know, smoking Marlboros, um, and, and go from there straight to the stand. Um, you know, to me, for me, it starts in the shower. I, I shower before every hunt, use my, you know, my body wash and then, my my clothes, regardless if I get dressed in the house or not, my clothes are in you know some kind of scent proof uh, bag, um, and I pull them out of the bag. I spray them down. If I'm getting dressed at the house, I spray them down there. Spray down again in the field. I spray down again in the tree, and and I've gotten extremely ballsy um, with 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 wind direction and. And thermals, and sometimes I win, sometimes I lose. My boots, my boots vary. Uh, early season, I'm I'm a big fan of just lace up, uh, just a lace up boot. Uh, then, of course, when we get into winter, um, I'm more so the uh, you know the knee high boot. But I will say that when you know I wear a knee high boot, I I put my pants on the outside of the boot to try to keep. That's one thing. Uh, I've got the sweatiest feet of of any person i've ever met um so that's that's one thing that i do uh that's one thing i do do is is make sure that i you know i I put my pants on the outside of my boots uh especially wearing uh you know carbon activated clothing try to get that uh you know use that as a a, another my boots are not you know uh they're not a a carbon or, or scent proof boot so i try to use you know use that uh to, to my advantage as well but uh you know and and i i don't get me wrong I, i'm not a big fan of it but you know face covers gloves um you know every everything i can do and i don't and i don't care i'm not gonna sit here and promote the products that we use on our television show if, if there's a product out there that you believe in whatever brand of clothing it may be whatever spray it may be whether it's a Ozonics, whether you know it's a scent crusher, whatever it may be, if if you think it works for you uh, and it gives you an advantage, then by all means use it. You know, um, I, I personally think we use the best stuff in the industry, and uh, and I use it to, to every advantage that I've got. Uh, um, and but at the same time, you know, let's you know. I'm not going to blow smoke up your ass, and, and, and you know, <laughs> I know you. You, <laughs> you you've got you've got to play the wind. I, I don't I don't care what you're using. You know you have to play the wind. Will will you know? Will this brand of clothing and this brand of spray maybe give you that extra advantage um, to uh, you know to get the shot pulled off? Absolutely, it will. Um, but you still you still have to play the wind. And and thermals are my favorite thing. That's one thing. That is one thing I love hunting early season is is thermals because if you can get regardless of what the wind direction is, if you can get to a tree without burgering the place up, and you can get twenty foot up, and and as that evening air starts to cool and that ground's still warm and that wind dies down and that thermal shoots straight up, 
I mean, you can get away with murder, and oh. I and I I've done it countless and countless times, um, and 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 you know, still you know, still playing the scent control game, but um, but wind and thermals are your are your best friend, regardless of whether you're up there in your underwear or you know you've got the highest dollar carbon activated clothing on your back and the highest dollar spray you know sprayed on you um that that is key i agree you know and there are some things that i i do a little differently than you but i mean you're going to get that anywhere you know so as far as like rubber boots me i wear rubber boots all the time um i don't put my clothes over the rubber boots but i'm not wearing activated carbon clothes either you know so i'm not wearing clothes that are have that like a like you said like a scent lock that has activated carbon that's gonna gonna kill those bit that bacteria and that odor so i'm trying to keep everything trapped in as, as as well as i can and the rubber i feel like doesn't hold a lot of scent um but like you said you know you're give a damn get a little busted is you know farther in the season once it's getting cold in the morning i will let wear my base layers from my house in my truck out to you know, the, the property. And then I'll put my, my outer layer, my, my two outer layers, whatever it is on, I will do that. But if I'm going to go pump gas, I'm not going to wear anything that I'm going to take anywhere near the stand, you know, pumping gas. Um, One thing I have a problem with is gloves. I, you will not, it doesn't matter temperature or anything. It is hard for me to wear gloves. Um, and if I am wearing gloves, they are fingerless, so my fingertips are are, are showing. You know what I mean? And I I, I use yep. a muff because I'm running a camera a lot, so I I need my fingertips. And even when I'm hunting, I cannot hunt with a glove on. It doesn't matter how much I I I practice in the, you know, out in the backyard shooting a bow. For some reason, I just do not like gloves on my hands. Um, now there is times when it gets really really cold and and you know, you, you gotta, it's either frostbite or, or, you know, play, play hero mode or whatever it is, you know, you got to wear some gloves, but, uh, you know, you're talking about scent lock. Now they come out with a product Oz, you know, I don't know if you've been using the yep. Oz stuff. Yep. I, I'm a believer in, in, in O2, you know, and the Oz products, whether, you know, it, that Oz that, you know, I've got the scent lock bag that emits the O2, you know, so I put all my clothes in that scent lock bag and then I plug that in every night and overnight I, I, you know, it kills all the odor. I'm a firm believer in that. And the reason being is because I thought it was the gimmick at first. I'm like, this is gimmicky. This doesn't work. And then I started doing a lot of research on it. And then I started using it in the field, you know, and using it firsthand and, having mature does and, and mature bucks downwind and kind of, you know, everybody's seen it, you know, those deer that put their, put their nose in the air and they're like, man, I, I feel like I can smell something, but I can't pinpoint it. You know, I've had that so many times and I can't vouch for the deer that I, that are blowing downwind and that I can't hear. I can't vouch for that because I'm, I'm sure it's probably happening. I don't know though, but the deer that are within sight or within hearing I mean, my, you know, busting deer has, has dwindled a ton since oh, I've yeah. been using I, that. And 
I, and like you said, I'm not speaking as like the the Aaron of, you know, we're getting paid to, to do that. I'm not speaking as that. I'm speaking as like literally like Ozonics is the OG of O2, in my opinion. Ozonics, I believe in that O2. You know what I mean? I don't get paid by Ozonics. We don't get sponsored by Ozonics. Uh, you know, but but Scentlock makes an Oz product that it comes in with the bag. You yep. know what I mean? And it's the same thing. I believe in that technology. I do, and that, that's just where I'm going to leave it. Well, and and you know, I I have, I have to be. You know, we we both have to be careful about about what we say. Um, but you know, I I've used the 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 O2 bags myself, and and they they are phenomenal. And and I guess if I could take the opportunity to to throw in a, a sponsor plug wildlife research center came out with a new product called no zone. Um, and it's a, it's, it's, it's not a, it's not a spray your clothes down and remove your scent. You know, it's, it's, it's a spray version of, of an O2, but it's not O2. And I'm a CrossFitter. You know, I decided at, at 42, I needed to get in shape. So, so I've got a, I've got a bag, you know, and I test, I mean, I test everything that, that, that we use, you know, regardless if it's bow, broadhead, whatever it may be, you know, if I'm going to, if I'm going to go on your podcast or I'm going to go on TV and I'm going to talk about something, you know, I'm not going to be a paid spokesman. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to believe in it. And, uh, so they came out with this product and I got my pickup one day and I, I've got a gym bag and it got my knee sleeves in it, my elbow sleeves. I'm getting old and I'm out of shape and everything hurts and. And I got in my truck one day, and I said, what in the hell is that smell? And I opened up my gym bag, and I went, holy crap. So I went and got this this bottle of this Nozone and sprayed my truck down, smelled my knee sleeves about puke, sprayed them down. And, <laughs> uh, and, I, and I went out the next morning. I, I'd get up every morning at, at 3.30 to, to go to the gym. I went and got my truck, and I said, holy crap, you know, that worked, you know, because, you know, that's that's the problem with with any industry anymore. You don't know what's you know whether it's a diet, whether it's weight loss, whether it's hunting, whatever it is. You know, is that a gimmick? You know, are they just trying to take my you know my nineteen ninety nine? Yep. Uh, and it works. You know, and and the the ozone stuff, the O two stuff. Hey, I believe in it too. Uh, I, I've I've used it. I currently use it. Um, and and it works. And people can say what they want, and 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 until you try it, um, then then it you know, I guess you you know you you have to be, believe it yourself, you know, or see it to believe it. I guess is what I'm what I'm trying to get at. I, I won't I won't mention I won't mention a name because you know obviously like I said we're we're involved in in the hunting industry and and sponsored by by companies, but. Uh, back in the day, I had a buddy of mine that was actually owner in a in a scent. In he founded a scent elimination company, and uh, so I had it. This was this was prior to my TV time, but I had this stuff coming out of my ears. He was my neighbor and whatnot, and so I went to was I was going on a hunt, and and I went to reach in the back of a pickup and and get uh, my tree strap, and when I did, and of course I'd, I'd taken my scent free shower and whatever carbon clothing i was wearing i mean i was anal about it at the time and and uh, i went to reach in the back of the truck and and uh, to grab this tree strap and i knocked over a damn two and a half gallon jug of gasoline and the lid was loose and the lid or the the gasoline spilled on this tree strap 
Well, you know, my parade was ruined at that point in time. So I took this this spray and sprayed it on my hands, wiped it down with a paper towel and spilt my hands. The gasoline smell was gone. Boom. Firm believer. You know, I knew then that, you know, hey, this, you know, this stuff, you know, this stuff works. And, you know, seeing is believing. And and if, if you don't believe in it, then fine. You know, I, I understand that people say, well, I'd just soon go to Walmart and buy, you know, whatever it may be. You know, real tree, mossy oak, Sitka, Joe Blow's camo, you know, put on a pair of pants or I'm just going to go buy an Elmer Fudd shirt and I'm going to go climb the tree stand and I'm going to shoot and I, I, you know, I'm going to kill a deer and I don't need all this stuff. You know, fine. If that's what you believe in, then then fine. But uh, scent control is is a, a definite, definite uh, advantage that, that a lot of people are, are probably missing out on. And the thing is, is you brought up a good point about thermals. And that's something I'm getting a lot into right now as well as thermals. And what I didn't realize in a lot of stuff I'm reading and and researching is thermals on a plowed ag field. You know, if you've got turned up dirt and you're hunting hunting a edge of an ag field, you know, when that sun rises in the morning, your thermals are going to change just from that, you know, turned over dirt. And it, sure. it, it can do some weird things, you know, and some things that I'm learning too are, you know, a lot of guys, and I'm, I'm a culprit of it as well, is finding an opening in the timber and putting a food plot in it, you sure. know, and, and how, how wind works when it hits that opening, you know, cause me, I'm like, oh, I got this great opening. I'm going to hunt right on the edge of it or right in the middle of the opening. Well, that's kind of wrong because when that wind comes through there and hits that other side of the timber, it kind of creates a vortex in a way and it goes like every which direction and it can start swirling. And then above the trees, it can create a vacuum. You know what I mean? And suck it up and suck it out and suck it over. So the things that I'm learning is to sit off of that opening to be able to shoot into the opening and not right on it. So, I mean, thermals, that's a whole other podcast we could go into about something I'm not a perfect or something I'm not a professional at at all, but something I'm learning at and I really want to get into. So, I I've learned a lot about that and I won't I won't go into deep detail um but um uh, prior to getting into to television, um I've got 60 hours towards my private pilot's license. And then when I got into when I got into television, or I say television when I when I when I got bit by the bug to try to get into hunting TV, um, I ended up I ended up quitting flying. But I learned so much about thermals and and uh, you know like you said you know you can be flying along uh, you know in a Cessna 172 everything be smooth as could be then all of a sudden you fly over you know a plowed up bean field and you get the absolute hell beat out of you you know because of the but what the thermals are doing, but I'll give a shameless plug and, and we we're not sponsored by them. Uh, we've had some affiliation with them before, but if, if you're a new hunter out there, an existing hunter season is right around the corner and you want to truly understand wind and thermals, there's a product out there called Cirrus. Um, and it's a, it kind of works off of a vapor, uh, like your, you know, your vape cigs and, and stuff like that. And I don't know, Aaron, I'm sure you've seen it, but you know, <laughs> yeah. they, they they are uh we, we we did have we did have a partnership with them um 
for for a little bit. We, we as a television show aren't affiliated with Sirius anymore, but you can bet your bottom dollar that I will not go afield uh, without that product in my pocket this fall. Um, I, I've, I've got one, and they, you know, because I because I am I'm probably more anal to be honest with you about wind direction than I am scent control. Um, now, I, you know, I'm kind of contradicting myself because I, I said that that I, I've used scent control to take some gambles. Um, I, I definitely do that, but I am probably more anal about about wind direction than I am scent control. But at the same time, I will gamble a hell of a lot more based on thermals. Um, and just like tonight, tonight would have been a perfect example. I mean, tonight felt like a a, a September bow hunt. Yep. You know, your ground your ground temperature is still extremely warm. Hot air rises, right? Uh, air temperatures dropping down into the to the low sixties here tonight. If you were sitting in a tree right now, your thermals would be skyrocketing right now uh, with with the with the the heat coming off the ground. And there there is no product. And God, I don't want to sound like a salesman, but that product will tell you. Uh, on a night like tonight, you're doing right or wrong. You know, if if you puff that out and that vape heads to the ground, you might as well climb down the tree and go home because, you know, you're you're screwed. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple things out there. Like a lot of guys use milkweed too. You know, so yep. they can see it. You know, as it goes through the timber and everything. I've never used Sirius, so I I don't really know. Um, but how passionate you are about it, I'm gonna I'm gonna guess it probably works. Uh, I I'm that I'm I'm serious and 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 you know I'm just a I'm talking to you as a hunter. Like I said, we we have we have no affiliation with them uh, anymore. They you know they cut the TV budget, whatever it was. I don't know what it was. Um, Jim Agnot, who's uh, the owner and founder, um, is an absolute wonderful man. I consider him a good friend of mine. You know, no hard feelings business. You know, it, it is what it is. But you can bet that 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 I'm still going to go to field with with a Cirrus this fall because they will. And and it's so funny. You're talking about you know you're talking about you know different cuts and and openings in the timber. I mean, I I've literally sat in the tree, and and you could do this with any wind indicator, but with with the the vapes lighter than air and 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 or whatever you want to call it. But I I've held it to my left. And the wind's going one direction, and I've held it to my right, and the wind's going the other direction. You know, I've held, held it straight out in front of me, and the wind's going another direction. And, uh, um, you know, and I, I, I'm sorry, we're getting off topic, but no, you know, I, I, I agree. I'm probably, I'm probably more, I'm probably more passionate and anal when it comes to to wind direction than what I am uh, when it comes when it comes scent control. I mean. And, and again, I'm contradicting myself because uh, I've used scent control to my, like I said before, you know, to my advantage to, to hunt some off winds. But with all that being said, all, all three of them play together. Scent control, thermals, and wind. Um, you know, you can, get, you can get two out of three and, and be damn successful. You can get one out of three and get lucky. Um, and make it work, um, but you know if you've got zero out of three, you're screwed. If the wind's wrong, you know you smell like you eat Marlboros, and uh, uh, and you got no thermals. You know unless you're hunting with you know a thirty out six and shooting a couple hundred yards away, 
uh, you're not going to have a very successful hunt. Yep. No, I agree a hundred percent. And that's the thing that I'm trying to learn more about is thermals. And I, I, I challenge anybody that's listening to this that doesn't know a lot about thermals to, to look into it more because like you said, you know, you do it, you know, on the right side of you, you get a different reading on the left side. But if you, I've heard of guys, you know, being six feet more higher in the tree than they are from 20 feet to 26 feet, it's a lot different. You know what I mean? 20 feet, they might be getting busted, 26 feet, 25 feet. They're not getting busted. You know what I mean? So like, like play with that a little bit. And that's, that just goes back to like, you know, what we were talking about overthinking things and, and, and being more, a little more passive than aggressive and, and think of everything instead of just being a little more aggressive, like take that in consideration as well, you know? So it's, it's a lot of things that go into it, you know, and it's, you know, you build up all off season to be able to enjoy hunting and then when you get into it, it's like you feel like your mind is going a million different directions. But I think for me, being like a whitetail nut that I am, like that's what I enjoy about it. So I guess that's just kind of what I'm going to leave it with. <laughs> well, I, I had a I had a, a farm, and it actually borders my my primary primary farm, but uh, had access to it here a few years ago before these uh, this Mennonite community moved in, and it was like 11 acre food plot and i mean it was the most picture perfect i'm gonna kill a giant whitetail here every year and and i went in and, and we had standing corn and i went in and put up a ground blind and i did everything everything to the t scent control wind direction i had i had access from three different direct well, i had access from four different directions based on the on the wind i mean i could access it from any direction i wanted to uh, based on the wind, you know, for the for the most part. But one thing I never thought about was we called it the bowl. So when you when you go down into it, there's there's a hillside that runs pretty much almost 360 degrees around this, for the most part. You know, it's basically you're in a bowl. And and back then, you know, we didn't have cirrus. You know, I had uh, had a powder. I think you know, one just one of the puffers. You know. And, and I had a uh, hunting it one evening and, and, and had a doe come in. She come in, took one bite of corn and blew out. I thought, that's weird. I don't know, 20, 30 minutes later, another doe comes in, takes one bite of corn, blows out. Well, the wind, the where I had my ground blind, the wind was blowing right in my face. And I could not figure it out. So I took my damn puffer and I stuck it out the window. I can't remember, left side, right side, whatever it was, and puffed it. And about 30 seconds later, the damn, the damn powder came around on the other side of the blind. You know, puffed it out the left window. 30 seconds later, it comes around the right window. Well, I was down in that bowl. You know, my thermals were sunk. And then the way the wind was hitting the terrain around me, you know, I was in a constant swirl. And, and there was no scent control, no nothing in the world that was going to save me on that hunt i had the perfect location to kill what i thought would be the biggest deer on the farm and in that per- in, in that perfect location i was there, i wasn't going to kill a thing unless i was hunting with a high-powered rifle yeah. because once they got within bow range that wind swirled in that hole so much that it was it was impossible just impossible yeah i deal with that even here in michigan my dad and i got a spot by a creek 
that's a little opening in between a cedar swamp and it's a perfect edge cedar swamp to you know hardwoods but there's a creek that runs through it and when the thermals hit that just right the creek like creates this vortex Mm -hmm. and it just swirls in there but if you can hit it on the right time my dad's killed three bucks that are you know pope and young in michigan with this bow two with his bow one with his gun i believe that uh you know within bow range in that spot same tree ever since i've been a freshman in high school we've had it there you know but if you can hit it right it's perfect but if well, you don't hit it right it blows everything out of the timber Yep, and that was the situation here. This was this was extreme late season, you know, like December, January. So you know, thermals, you know, thermals still come into play at that point in time, you know, to an extent. But usually, it's a it's a negative effect, you know. And I remember this particular day, you know, we had six inches of snow on the ground, so your thermals aren't doing much for you then, you know. And and I and I'm I'm basing thermals on on pretty layman's terms, you know. Hot air rises, so you know when when your your ground's still warm and your your nights are cool. Obviously, you know temperatures going up. It becomes a lot more complicated as your ground temperature cools off and becomes more relative to the to the air temperature. You know you you still get you still get active thermals, especially in the morning. Um, you know when the sun's coming up and and then and, and then of an evening. You know there's a reason why fog lays low. You know. Because you know your your moisture and temperature up getting way too complicated, but but on this particular hunt, you know it was cold, ground was cold, covered with snow. There was no rising thermal to to this situation. Therefore, the wind just swirled. Everything stayed at ground level, and you were you were sol. So thermals, I mean, are a huge thing, and we you know we we've talked about them a little bit, but I guess. You know, like I said just a little bit ago, I'm going to leave it with, you know, if you don't know thermals, start to learn it a little more because that's what I'm doing. And it sounds like you've been learning, you know, a lot about it with your, you know, trying to get your pilot's license and everything. But uh, I'm going to do a quick transition here. And, you know, we're coming up on two and a half hours of of talking here and might have to make this a two-parter, but we'll figure it out. But anyway, so this is something I've been doing the last two weeks here is, you know, if you have seven days to hunt the whole fall, all you got seven days, okay? You know, and, and, and don't talk to me as Chuck as the farmer and gets to hunt his backyard. Talk to me as, like, the Chuck that, like, you know, has a, a has a nine-to-five kids, wife, that kind of thing, has seven days to hunt in the fall. How are you dividing those up, and when are you dividing those up, or when are you taking those seven days to hunt? Oh wow! Well, you'll have to you'll have to do the math for me, probably. <laughs> um, so if if I'm getting to do if I'm getting to do that at home, um, here in my backyard, I'm gonna hunt uh, the first three days of season. So there's there's three September of them. September fifteenth, sixteenth, seventeenth. Yep, I'm gonna I'm gonna hunt them. Because Are you hunting mornings or just evenings? Uh, just evenings. Okay. Yep, uh, just alfalfa, clover. Uh, you know, soybean edges, um, not hunting timber at all. Um, and then, uh, then I'm going to transition into probably somewhere around November 4th through the 7th, uh, for three days. And then, uh, so that, that's, that's your seven what, days. 
No, that was that was six. Oh, that six days. Sorry, but so, in, in November you're going to be hunting either all day, morning, and night. Yep. You're like you're going to be sitting hardcore. Yep. You know, yep. eight nine hours a day. Yep. And then uh, then if I've got a then if I've got a traditional, I try to do this every year. I try to plant three or four acres of, of standing corn and mow it down, um, which is legal here in Missouri. Food plot manipulation, as they call it. Um, I got one day left. I'm probably going to mow that down, and I'm going to hit somewhere around Christmas Eve. Okay. Uh, cut cut corn on 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 Christmas Eve toward in a towards. Line. Yep, in a ground blind towards the end of season. Um, so one one day in, in mid to late December, um, depending on the weather. You've got an extreme cold front coming um, and snow. I'm going to knock that corn down, and then I'm going to hunt it one day there in, in late December. Okay, so I'm going to do a little plot twist on you here. On September 16th, second day of season, your second sit, it's a night hunt. You have a four-year-old, 155-inch deer come out. What are you doing? Self-filming. What, what, what other deer do I have on the farm? <laughs> this is something that we do at work, too. It's scenario time. So what other deer do you have on the farm? Well, I want to say that you've got a net boon on the farm, but I know what the answer will be. <laughs> so... uh you don't have a net boon on the farm. Your biggest deer on the farm is a 163 five-year-old, and you've only got two years of history with him. Well, since in Missouri you can you can shoot two, <laughs> um, I, I, I'm, I'm probably I'm probably shooting. I'm probably shooting. You're gonna kill him on the second night of season. Yeah, it's the second night of season. So, you know, we, we run September 15th, essentially through January uh, 15th. Is that right? Yeah, yep, September yep. 15th, January 15th. Uh, we got two weeks of gun season in there, which I hunt during the gun season, but I hunt with a bow. I just have to change the tag in my pocket. Um, so, so yeah, I'm, I'm, probably, I'm probably shooting. So big plot twist here, okay? You've had seven days to hunt in the fall. Okay, you come to that last day, which you said would be around, what'd you say, Christmas Eve or New Year's Eve? Yeah, yeah, Christmas Eve, toward, towards the end of December. Okay, you haven't killed a buck yet in Missouri all year. Okay, you come in, you've got a three-year-old that is a net boon. Uh, pass. <laughs> Get out of here. Yeah. Get out of well, here. For- First of all, you're not going to get a net boon. You know, let's be realistic, even though it's a plot <laughs> twist. You're not going to get a net boon three-year-old. Uh, net boon three-year-old, damn be the age, I'm shooting, all right? If it's a net boon, I'm shooting. So, okay, uh, you That's know. That's what I hope you say. Okay. <laughs> you know, now, 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 be realistic on your plot twist. A three-year-old, 160, uh, December 24th, um, I'm passing. Really? Yeah. See, yeah. that's that's what I respect about you. You you're you've got that uncanny ability to just pass up deer that are just giant. <laughs> yeah, I'm 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 passing. You know, one one sixty three year old. I'm passing because you know with the right food and uh, the right mineral and not you know barring EHD and getting hit by a car. There's your 
there's your net boon 200 incher all in, right. you know under one bow the next year so well and that's the thing well that's the thing i mean if you get in that late season you know around christmas new year's eve your season's almost over you know a lot of guys aren't really hunting at that time so it's really hard for me and and not to get way off topic but it's it's really hard for me you know post post gun season here in missouri which i know is nothing like michigan it's nothing like virginia um you know, but Missouri is, is Missouri is one of what I believe to be. Now, maybe I'm wrong in this, but Missouri is one of the few states that still offers high-powered rifles um, that also falls in, in the middle of the rut. So it is really hard for me, post-Orange Army, as I like to call it, um, to shoot you know anything outside of a, a target deer post gun season here because if they've made it if they've made it that long you know it's ehd old age or a car for the most part um that's going to take them take them out and like i said it's it's very very hard for me um to to do that post gun season uh unless it's a target deer yep i totally understand so next question so and we kind of touched on this earlier in the podcast, but if you had one call in the rut to use, or even all season, doesn't matter, one call to use, that's all you could take with you, whether it be rattling antlers or bleat call or, you know, grunt call, what are you taking? Snore, I don't take a call. I, I snort <laughs> wheeze with my mouth. Why do you got to make it this simple? Uh, well, I mean, that's, that's, that's just it. I mean... <laughs> Uh, that, that's, that's what I'm, that's what I'm taking is just taking my mouth and just, and, and snort wheezing them. Um, that, that, that I, I have more fun, you know, I, I've rattled in a ton of bucks. Uh, one, one particular hunt that Steve and I were on, uh, several years ago, it was two, I, I took, you know, you know how it is, you know, you flip flop morning and evenings, you know, one guy gets the morning, one guy gets the afternoon. I selected the mornings cause where we were hunting deep timber, and in two mornings, we uh, we rattled in 19 different bucks. And I love to rattle, don't get me wrong. Of course, every buck that we rattled in was, you know, three years old and younger. But if you get a mature buck within audio and visual range, um, and you can snort wheeze at him, uh, it can be lethal. So uh, that, that that's all I need. And that, and that would lighten my pack up of all the crap that I carry in <laughs> too. So... So that's what I'm going with. All right, all right. I, I can I can take that, I guess. So last question. So if you could hunt one whitetail state for the rest of your life, and it cannot be Missouri because you live there, and it cannot be Iowa because that's the default answer, what would it, <laughs> <laughs> what would it be? Shit. Uh, man. I'm probably going. I'm probably going with Kansas, um, for the simple fact. And and this sounds this sounds pretty crappy, but you can still bait in Kansas. And and I'm I'm getting older. Um, <laughs> still, I'm still I'm still I'm still very young. I'm 42, but I but I am getting older. 
So, hey, if it's easier, it's better. Um, so, so I, I'm probably gonna say, probably gonna say Kansas. It would be a toss up between Kansas uh, and Illinois. I thought you were gonna go Illinois. To be honest with you, I and, thought well, I knew you better. <laughs> and, and, and and where I, where I live, I, I could be in Kansas quicker. Um, but see, I'm you know I'm I'm two and a half hours from the famed Pike County uh, in Illinois. Um, but you know what? Too you know, being a, you got you got to weigh this situation just a little bit. If I've got prime ground, you know, I farm for a living, so that's you know that's. That's how I pay my bills. So I could also say Kentucky, yep. because Early I could season. go to Kentucky. I could go to Kentucky and kill a giant velvet deer uh, every single year. And you know, I don't want or to make Wyoming. Sound like, You're closer to Wyoming too. Oh no, Wyoming still. That's 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 a fair piece away. <laughs> you know, I mean, I I I, I could be at uh, I can be in in, in Louisville in, in uh, about eight and a half hours. So. Um, you know, Kentucky would be, you know, you know, hunt, hunting and, and and what income I get off of hunting um, is is minimal um, compared to you know how I make my bread and butter. So if if I want to still hunt and maximize you know my income on my farm, then I could add more acres on my farm, go to Kentucky, kill a big velvet whitetail every year, and uh, uh, yeah, that that's tough. Kansas is. You know, uh, Miami County, Kansas, and you know some of those eastern counties, and, and it's kind of like Iowa. You know where I live. Yep. I'm, you know, I'm a county and a half south of Iowa, and I'm not that far from from eastern Kansas where they they grow some some huge whitetails. Um, so I'm close to both areas. So that's tough. I I would probably go. I would probably go with Kansas. So I got you. I thought for sure you'd go Illinois. You know, because Western Illinois, you're pretty close to that. You know, Pike, Brown, Adams, you know, that's the Golden Triangle. Even back in the sure. day, and it's kind, of, it's kind of, it's kind of fallen off as of late, but it's coming back like hard. You know, but but Western Illinois is is pretty pretty damn hard to beat. You know what I mean? And can I can I tell you a quick story? Yeah, I uh, I, I leased a piece of ground uh, right after we did we did Dream Season Working Man for the Drurys back in. I think it was '09, and uh, I leased a piece of ground in, in uh, Hancock County. I think is how you say it, Illinois, which is just north of Quincy, which is just <laughs> north of Adams. Yep. And uh, so I, I, I take this local kid with me that, that's filmed. He's filmed a lot of stuff in his in his lifetime, but he's quite a bit younger than I am. And, you know, it's basically you know I think I I, I leased it off a of hunting lease network. I think and and uh, aerial photos was it. And, and uh, so we go over and we get you know get a room in this little roach motel in this little town and and got one place to eat in town and and uh, we go out and we hang a hang a double and go in the next morning and I said well, you know we're sitting all day and I shoot a possum like at noon and then we've got this like stud eight pointer uh, you know he's probably a hundred forty inch deer that that comes in what what second deer we've seen all damn day. And I passed him, and I thought this kid was gonna—I thought he was gonna push me out of the damn tree stand, you know. And we 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 hung in this this little forked tree, and and where where I was at, where my stand was at, I could I could get back kind of between the two forks, and it was leaned back just a little bit. So like at noon, 
I told him, I said, Hey, I'm taking a nap. And I always carry every, every time I go to the stand, I always carry an extra strap with me. And I do it for this reason. Uh, I took the strap, wrapped it around the tree, put it around my chest, cinched it down as tight as I could get it. That way, you know, if I had one of them dreams that I was falling, um, I was stuck <laughs> in the tree. And uh, I told him, I said, hey, dude, I said, I'm going to take a nap. I said, if you want to you know, kick back, you know, whatever. And it, his poor stand was not near as comfortable as mine. So, I, you know, I slept for like two hours, wake up, and this, this deer comes in and, this kid gets remarkable, remarkable footage of this of this deer, and I said, "No, I believe I believe I'm going to pass him." And I, I thought I thought he was going to reach over and boot me out of the damn tree. But, I think I would have. <laughs> uh, yeah, and 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 I should have. But uh, it was kind of like a damn elk hunt, though. Where we were at, we were landlocked, and we were going to basically have to quarter the damn thing out to get it out of there or drag it, you know, a mile. And, uh, so I don't know if that was in the back of my head or what, but Illinois is a great state. Uh, it, it would definitely be a toss up between Illinois and Kansas, but I don't like driving that much. That's why I was trying to get my pilot's license. So I didn't have to drive everywhere. So Kansas is a lot closer. Yep, for sure. And honestly, in all the States that I've either hunted or filmed in, I mean, and I might change my mind after this fall because i'm going to be hunting iowa for the first time but kansas i've hunted there why well, i've never hunted there but i've filmed there kansas is hard to beat man you know but in my experiences illinois you know i filmed 183 inch eight pointer die i've filmed 175 inch you know 11 pointer die you know and like 140 inch deer 153 inch deer and it's like illinois is hard to beat but Illinois is totally different right now than it was seven years ago. Like sure. it, it, yeah, it's I, changed that quick. Well, we that that would be three podcasts from now. We could get in, and I don't know a lot about the regulations in Illinois, but I know some of the regulations. I know some friends there in the in the outdoor industry that have not been overly pleased with some of the regulations in the state of Illinois. But you go back to Kansas, and you know, time is money for me. Um, so. You know, you can, you can, you know, people can say what they want to say about it. If baiting is legal, I'm going to bait. If baiting is illegal, I'm not going to bait. If I can go to Kansas and I, you know, shit, I can go in there with a a 500 bushel loaded corn and dump it on the ground and sit over it. Hey, state says it's legal. I'm going to do it. Um, I can, you know, probably get in and get out a lot quicker in the state of Illinois with a very respectable, or excuse, excuse me, Kansas, I can get in and out in Kansas with a pretty respectable deer a heck of a lot quicker than I can in the state of Illinois. Yep. Yeah, and, and like you said, you know, time is money for you. You know, you're a farmer, so that's that's something that you can that you have to take in consideration with somebody that might be like, you know, I'm only going can only be there for, you know, maybe they can be there longer you know, two or three weeks, who knows, or maybe it's a resident. I don't know. So, but that's, what's cool about those questions is I like to ask those questions and and get everybody's opinion about them. So I don't know. I thought, you know what though, if I, you know, if, if I did have the opportunity, cause, cause I am a, I am a fair chase type of hunter. I'm not going to say, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that, you know, well, Kansas, it's legal to bait and, and, you know, I'd never do it because that's the type of hunter I am. 
I, I would like to I would like to have a, a nice lease in Kansas and go in and try to you know, I love it's one of my favorite things to do, getting a new farm and setting it up, you know, and figuring it out and and uh, you know, planting the food plots and hanging the tree stands and, and placing the cameras and, and analyzing it and, and you know, playing the game of chess with the deer. It's one thing I love to do and you know, you take a little bit of the don't get me wrong you know just because just because there's water there doesn't mean there's a fish in the pond um just because you dump out you know a bucket of corn doesn't mean that you know the biggest deer in the farm is going to walk in but it would be it would be cool you know to go to kansas have a farm try to figure it out without and and, and kill the biggest deer in the farm without the aid of of bait you know I, i think that would i think that would be fun um but like a split situation where uh, you know you can't you can't you can't can't find him can't kill him but he sure he sure likes big and jay you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm i'm probably dumping out a few bags of big and jay about halfway through season so yep. for sure if you can in that state for sure if you can and, and i'm referring to kansas yes yep. yeah yeah well cool man i know we're we're getting up on time here and it's uh well, actually, we're over time. It's been like three hours. <laughs> but when you're having good conversation with good buddies, I'm I, I just I don't want to cut it off, you know. So we might have to make well, this into a two parter or a three parter. But I appreciate you coming on and doing this, buddy. Well, I uh, you know I you know I thank the world of you and and uh, anytime we're visiting, whether there's something recording or something not recording, you know we we seem to seem to go a long time and and. Uh, that's that's what I love about what we do is is you got people that you can relate to and and you know you don't have to look for a topic of conversation so for sure uh, I, I I thoroughly enjoy it and I'm I'm glad that you you were desperate enough to to have me back on and and uh, uh, I'll, I'll do it anytime brother well I appreciate that and I appreciate your kind words too you know and for everybody that has stayed on. And listen this long. Chuck is actually the VO guy of the podcast. So everybody that is probably like, I've heard this guy before. You know, he is the guy that uh, you hear first in every podcast, other than the vocal singing. It is Chuck Weldon. So yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that, that, yeah <laughs> that's yeah, Brandon I, Calhoun. Yeah, but, you're not uh, gonna get me singing. So. <laughs> no, I appreciate it, man. And and uh, again, I'm gonna have you on here soon again. And talk probably at length again but the thing is is you know like you said with our with our industry and and with hunting in general and and i know you probably get in a lot of different industries if you want to call it that but you and i met oh god what was it back 2013 13 or 14 something like that yeah something like that i mean it's been what i don't know it's probably 11 11 or 12 okay so seven eight years or something i mean been great buddies ever since then and and i value value your opinion and you know just your conversation and the camaraderie that you and i can have whether it's text or call or a podcast doesn't matter man and drinking a few beers it, do, it doesn't matter i i enjoy that and and i just can't thank you enough for coming on and doing this again and uh it won't be the last time for sure well i i feel the same way and and uh i you know i'm haven't I haven't caught every single one of them, but uh, I, I I hit the subscribe button. And, uh, <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> and I I uh, 
I, I listen to all of them that I can, and and uh, it's neat that you get, get you know you got guys from from all walks of life and all states, and and uh, you know it's it's cool, you know it's 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 really cool to hear you talk about you know uh, this you know this deer's a 125 inch deer, and and you know that's that's you know and you get excited about it, and that's that's one thing that that you know us guys you know and not not talking TV, we're just we're talking hunters the the guys on the whitetail fix that we feel like you know makes us relatable to other hunters and and it doesn't have to be on tv it can be on a podcast it can be talking to the guy at the gas station is you know uh you know we're not we're not going out and you know, i guess i got to hunt a 200 inch deer this year but you know we're we're hunting deer that that anybody can hunt you know if if you've got five acres you got five thousand you know, we're just hunters, and that's you know what we love to do, what we love to talk about. Um, it's what our passion is, and, and it's great to it's great to talk to another hunter that that feels the same way and and has the same passion and and whatnot. So, I, I enjoy this as much as you do, buddy. Man, I'll tell you, Chuck Weldon is a wealth of information, and it, you know, this three part series, I didn't really have. A plan for it to be three parts but you know chuck and i just got into bsing a lot too so if you guys can wade through a lot of the bullshit <laughs> there which there is a lot uh, there is some good talking points and there is probably something that somebody can take out of this so i appreciate you guys uh listening to this and supporting the podcast if you guys could please like i said go on to itunes and leave a five-star rating it'd be really helpful leave some feedback even on the facebook page go leave a recommendation Thank you to all those people that have been doing that and following and supporting. I really appreciate that. And, uh, yeah, season's fastly approaching. I'm in Kansas right now. Casey and I are hunting, so got some updates coming here soon with that. So hopefully you guys enjoy all this content, and uh, good luck this fall.